I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but like Payne Stewart kind of had like one of the most famous, one of the most famous endings to U.S. And Open of all welcome time. to <laughs> maybe worst podcast, a narcissistic pursuit of our opinions on sports and more. My name is Luke. My name is Toilet, and I'm Sack. Flush. Flush. Zach, where the fuck were you last week? Well, boys, I was down in lovely North Carolina. Um, Stop the count. Stop <laughs> the count. That, what, yeah, that was actually a uh, process the count. Um, process the count. the count. Process the count. No, I, I, I'm glad that you outed me to the rest of the world, uh, Luke and Toilet, for actually not going for a golf tournament, but um, just to go and uh, vote in as many different states as possible. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Um, yeah, yeah. So just some garden variety voter fraud. Like one of those people who wants to visit all um, all of the baseball stadiums, but you try to vote <laughs> in every single state in one federal election. Yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm a huge the fan. I of... voted stickers like you're a Girl Scout. <laughs> like you got the merit badges. They're, yeah, they're badges. I, I'm a huge fan of John King and Steve Kernanke. Did you experiment with any pseudonyms? Uh, yeah, I went by uh, toilet in one. <laughs> Uh-oh. And uh, yeah, so you may have voted about two or three times this election. All right. Sounds yeah. about right. That's what I, I usually I shoot for. I couldn't make my way down to Georgia where they needed me most. <laughs> I was right there, too. You're right there. You take the tobacco road down to the <laughs> peach road, which... <laughs> becomes the sunshine road sexy which becomes the sexy booties on the beach road down in south florida um how's the trip buddy yeah the trip the trip was good um we played 126 holes of golf so that was seven rounds in about six days oh my Uh, god yeah, actually, I mean, if it weren't for the time change and the fact that we're, it was in the fall, we probably would have played 36 on at least another day. But um, it was unbelievable. Like, the golf down there in Pinehurst is unbelievable. Like, there's, I think there's eight or nine courses in the, um, in the, in the like, resort area. And so we played, like, the big one. The big draw is Pinehurst number two, and that's where they've had – U.S. Open, I think in like 2014. I want to say Martin Keimer won. Um, shout out totally. Martin Keimer. Shouting Martin Keimer. That's we a all, I mean, boy. we all we all remember we all remember his performance that year. Uh, we got a big fucking German. His name is Martin Keimer. <laughs> uh, no, but it's most fa- it's most famous for the Payne Stewart uh, 1999 U.S. Open when he did that. Like, I think he beat Phil. I want to say in the final hole, and like he did that like fist bump. And I'm fist bumping for all the viewers right is now. Is that all that it takes is winning a golf tournament and then doing something like somewhat unique with your body after you yeah. won? Yeah. That's that's it that's, that's it. Like it's well, it doesn't even have it but but it's golfers. It doesn't have to be that unique. It's just like a, a take on something very ordinary. Like if it was if you were to substitute their their celebrations into football, it would just be a first down. Being <laughs> Being on the same uh, Little League baseball team as you, Zach, I feel like you would be a very quiet but reserved fist pump guy. Like, not to I, the crowd, but to well, yourself. Is can that I, your can I, Yeah, well, can I, can I go on a little story? Really Please quick? do. Yeah. So, uh, on number two, Pioneer's number two finishes, um, the 18th hole finishes, of course, right in front of the clubhouse. 
and they have set it up so there's this beautiful veranda where people can sit and like you know drink your iced tea or your adult beverage and uh clap for people as they come up quietly or heckle if it's uh, saturday afternoon oh but we were playing we were playing we were playing well actually at pinehurst they call it the 91st hole because they have so many courses (laughs) fuck no 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 is that where all the suburban women are hanging out (laughs) yeah there's a a lot of a lot of suburban women from the northwest suburbs flock there in the uh in the winter time but anyways so to get to your point of celebrations um i took a i took a caddy it's like the second time i've ever done that in my life but i took a caddy and uh i my t-shot was like just a little bit to the right this is great great radio but um t-shot was just a little he comes up i think it was like about one wait so for all of our listeners picture the 18th hole at pinehurst Pinehurst, number two two. in your mind (laughs) okay guys right there all know we all know what it looks like foliage but um so the azaleas and you're coming around the dog leg (laughs) All of the caddies are wearing white. You're now confusing the masters with Pinehurst. <laughs> They're all the same. They're all the same. Keep going. But, uh, so anyways, the, the caddy comes up and he hands me a seven iron. And he's like, literally, he's like, we're just going to hit this as hard as we can, as straight as possible. And I was like, done. So I take it. I hit it. I just hit a beautiful seven iron and I hit the back of the green. And like Pinehurst is known for having these greens that are like impossible to hold. Even like the best players in the world can't even sky them because um, they have these like undulations that will just take the ball off. And so I hit long. Um, it trickled off and started rolling down the hill back to this back to the spectators, and it landed on basically rested on the cart path. So I got heckled a little bit as I came up because it was a particularly not that great shot, but. Um, I got free relief and I put the, I put the ball just a little bit above the carpet uh, in front of the carpet. And then my caddy comes up to me again with another club and he's like, we're going to do this. We're going to do that shot. We practiced on a couple of holes before. And he's like, you're going to hit it to me right at this spot. And so he did, he went like basically right at the edge of the green and he's like, you're going to hit right here. I go, okay, I'm going to hit right there. It was probably like a 15 yard chip or so. And there was a hush and went down over the crowd. All you could hear was the clanking of, ice cubes and sweet tea mm. and um I just went institutional and, racism yeah, yeah <laughs> tad bit and uh for those looking at home i did this like beautiful little beautiful little touch shot that landed right where my caddy said shout out russ shout out russ i know you're listening that Hi, landed russ. right russ. that landed right all the way from belgium and it rolled like to about two feet of the hole and i tapped in for par and everybody was clapping and i did the Hat tip, oh. hat. and I and then felt you... like such a ball, and I felt like such a baller, and I proceeded to shoot terribly for the rest of the trip, but it was all worth it for that one moment. And then you went back to the cart path and lined up a shot. This time, going toward <laughs> the veranda. Yeah, 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 exactly. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was a it was a lot of fun. It's like a golf, uh, it's like a golfer's dream, like that that whole like area in North Carolina. And then the, for the folks that weren't listening, we played another course called Tobacco Road, and the guy who designed it, as we saw, he has a luscious mustache. Um, mm-hmm. He was the rumor was is that he was on Mike Strands was his name. Thank you. And the rumor was is that he was on acid when he designed the course. So Sick. there's a lot of like hills and like you have to you have to like 
you have to when you're when you're off of a fairway because everything's like basically blind tee shots you have to ring a bell so you can just hear bells ringing so it sounds sort of more like you're in cape cod than you're in north carolina because there's all these sea shanty bells ringing everywhere ah yes you picture it now the tobacco road course famously overlooking the pacific ocean as the boulders slope down into the rocky beach ding ding ding. people are ringing bells Mm mm-hmm but uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, fu- it was a fun time. I, I was bummed. I mi- I missed you guys, but uh, you guys had a really good pod. Had some fun topics, um, and uh, Maddie filled in for me very well. And I don't, well, yeah, I kind of do feel like I'm getting Wally pipped. So, she's the cum best. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! You take that back. <laughs> um. No, if anybody got Wally pipped last week, it was me because I was so low energy last week. I was gassed. There yeah. was not enough Lipton black tea in the world that could get me to pick up on toilet sandwich jokes last week. There's Even... not enough high tea. A lot of chicken sandwich or salad. Look at a lot of chicken salad jokes. Even with a discussion of Luke's favorite condiment, mustard, I could not get him aroused <laughs> enough to at least engage with me. There were at least like three questions in a row where he just said, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the type of radio and the type of culture we're trying to develop here at a Midwest podcast. Hell yeah, baby. That's yeah. what we're about. High, high variations and amateurism. All maybe right, I bring um, it one week, maybe I don't. Yeah, I got uh, Grey Poupon, some Dijon, some Yellow Mustard. Which one's your favorite? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I guess we're moving on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you so, for all that golf update, Zach. I see uh, we've got the Masters this weekend in November, which is, you know, just classic Masters weather. So do you have uh, any Masters thoughts going into the weekend? I do have a lot of Masters thoughts, but most of them are centered around gambling. I was hoping you would just say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, as a matter of fact, and maybe as a point to my, redeem myself, as we all know, dunk to um, redeem. in uh, 48 out of 50 states now, COVID-19 is now registered as an uncontrolled viral pandemic, um, which is always the situation that you want to find yourself going into the traditional flu season. So, of course, the Masters is taking on a different feel this year without any crowds, you know, without those iconic spectators on the 18th green. Um, Jim Nance will be still looking from afar um, but certainly with reduced crowds. However, there Hello, is friends. still a way that you can participate in the Masters this year, and maybe more so than ever, really democratize the Masters experience. As we all know, it's very expensive and very difficult to get tickets on the weekend of the Masters. Um, but one thing the Masters is known for is its very inexpensive concessions. So this year, via Fanatics.com, you can order a taste of the Masters. That's right, and it will ship to you in a temperature-controlled box. And with this taste of the Masters box, you get several, count them, several delicious food items. Right, Val. Yeah, hurry it up, Darren. Six bags of caramel popcorn, six chocolate chip cookies. Ew, gross. Ew. Yeah, that's that's okay. I that's good. Keep going. Uh, 25 20 ounce Masters plastic cups, no beer. 
Um, <laughs> 1.5 pounds of North Carolina styled pulled pork barbecue, mm. one container of pimento cheese, and nope. one pound of egg salad. Oh. <laughs> delivered to you on your doorstep via UPS overnight shipping. And all of this can be yours for $150 plus $50 expedited shipping. Oh my gosh, you're not kidding. (laughs) Do you think I can make this up off the dome? Oh my God. You get get 30% off site wide for for our honoring our our veterans. Um, But yeah, you get like six cookies and a pound of egg salad for 150 bucks. <laughs> Why do you need so many cups? Are you putting egg salad in the cups and handing out to your 24 closest friends? <laughs> There's some pulled pork in a cup. I don't know. Maybe it's like to drink beer in while you're watching the Masters recovering from your vasectomy. I feel uh, like those like, are like very simple dishes to make yourself as well. So to have it shipped from North or Carolina. Or to buy at a deli. True. But like, That's also, true too. is it part of the charm too that like that pimento cheese sandwich is like two dollars? Like, this yeah. is one hundred and fifty dollars. Do you have to mail them your phone while you're eating it, and then you get it mailed back when you're done? <laughs> 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 oh, and they don't even give you the bread to make the sandwiches either. Like, come on, <laughs> bread not included. You want bread mailed to you from four swing states away? I don't think so. I don't I, think I, so. Better than egg salad? Are you fucking kidding me? Mmm, <laughs> this um, egg and mayonnaise dish, perfect to be received through the mail. Thank you, Louis DeJoy. I appreciate this egg salad delivery. Did any of you see the uh, subtweeting between Brooks, Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau this week? Brooks. No. Uh, so Bryson is known as a, a big swing boy, and he was bragging girthy about how, how girthy his swing is. Um, allegedly, he shifted to a 48-inch shaft on his, on his most recent. Oh, you're nodding. Okay, Zach's with me. So is this like a revelation that like Bryson's able to handle the longest shaft ever? So it's 48 inches is the max that the uh, is the max that the PGA will allow on a driver. And so basically the theory being that like the most like Bryson can get the most torque and can get the most speed when he swings. So if you add, you know, another inch, most guys I think are like 46, 46 and a half. You had another inch and a half. I mean, like that's a serious amount of like extra torque right that he could create Bryson Shambo is the official golfer of Chevy truck month with all that He's torque baby the torque the torque master torque king I guess if he can do it if he can do it then all the power to him but I think a lot of guys are getting a little fed up with uh with Bryson and that leads me into one of my favorite bets of the week can I go yeah permission to go there granted permission to go there there's been a lot of talk there's been a lot of talk of Bryson right He's been yep. playing pretty well, but there's been a lot of talk of our our, our meaty, girthy boy. Plus five fifty to miss the cut. I'm gonna say it. Oh. I'm gonna say it. I, I mean, I, I think I think I think he I think he just lays a freaking egg. I thought you were gonna egg. use it for egg salad. It'll be used for the Bryson Shambo egg salad. I'm. I was hoping you were going to go full Midworth parlay and parlay that with uh, Patrick Reed to win. So you're halfway there, Zach. I'm fully there. 
<laughs> if if you knew uh, Zach and I toilet, you would know that the true parlay is to parlay Deshambo missing the cut with Henrik Stenson winning the Masters. <laughs> oh we bet on Henrik Stenson to win the Masters for like three years in a row. <laughs> this is gonna What's happen one finish? of these days. What's gonna happen? Finish? It's like uh, fourth. He's, yeah, I think finishes pretty well. Um, yeah, I think he's like plus. He's like plus twenty thousand this year. <laughs> Um, speaking of torque, did you he- see that shot that John Rahm hit? Yeah, that was really sick. The the skipping uh, hole in one. That was in the par three contest, I assume. Yeah. That was that was really sick. Like I know yeah, it wasn't viewers, like official competition, but yeah, for the viewers at home, he skipped a skipped a ball about four or five times. You think? Yeah. Off of the. Uh, off of the water and then hit a hole in, and then uh, the ball like rolled another like what 50 feet for a hole in one pretty cool that's a uh, 12 right uh no i think that's a separate par three course oh my dad my dad went the year of the year sergio won good for sergio he that yeah. was a real labor of love it's one of my favorites third heel sergio dip is my favorite sergio yes <laughs> why don't we have more of that just more people who are just in awe of professional sports happening because i feel like that's more relatable <laughs> than anything else i feel like that's what i would be doing if i ever got courtside seats at the nba like what <laughs> this you is sick that? <laughs> that guy is so tall <laughs> no no uh no way or do you see this right now <laughs> Devin Booker just win 10 for 30. I might be able to go one for 30. <laughs> Devin Booker still on the Kim Kardashian trip. Unlike Kanye West, not on the Kim Kardashian trip. He also is trying to vote in every state possible. He's got Wyoming crossed off the list as well as Illinois, I assume. No, that was the first election that he ever voted in. Oh, you're right. He, that was okay. And he voted for himself. Got it. Yeah. He voted um, for a name he could trust makes sense and in all caps duh um it counts for two guys uh i'm gonna whisper this so that i don't say it too loud i have a question can donald Donald trump run for president in 2024 yeah of course oh my god no way (laughs) does he know that um i'm not sure i I don't Mm. think that's really entered the conversation as of yet I think that would require him to uh, concede the 2020 election. Got it. Good point. Toilet, which I don't think is uh, on the radar right now. I know it's been like five days and it's going to be five more days until we have the energy to get this on SoundCloud. But can we just talk for 30 seconds about Four Seasons Total Landscaping? Okay. First of all, I did drink a cup of tea last night. I am much more high energy tonight. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to edit this thing. Drinking tea. High T energy. Yes. So let's talk about Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Uh, DMT manifestation in my brain stem <laughs> that happened last weekend. Just an absolutely unbelievable series of events where the AP called the election seconds before Rudy Giuliani was about to get up at the Four Seasons to give a campaign speech in Pennsylvania. 
Um, I, this just struck me as just genius branding. Like, how are there not more like knockoff, you know, like businesses that just steal popular other titles of businesses and make their own business out of it? Like Q and non. <laughs> like Q and non. Thank you. Like you've got Mr. I listened. Pib, <laughs> or Mr. Pib, which is like a brand off of Dr. Pepper. And you've got like, I don't know, other things that kind of just resemble the thing that it's imitating, like cheese nips and cheese its Like those are pretty similar. Uh, next, we're going to be giving our uh, campaign speech from North Carolina. We're going to give it at the famous Pinehurst Oil Lube and Tire. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We love our oil, don't we, folks? <laughs> oh, but uh, that was such a great moment. That was such a great moment. It was Rudy Giuliani, and the other guy who spoke was a convicted sex offender. Like, you can't. <laughs> wow. It's like an SNL skit. Just That's why, like, SNL's not doing well because they're just living it out. Like, there's nothing to parody, yep. there's nothing to make fun of. They're just doing it themselves. Subtext is obliterated, it's completely dead. Like, if somebody, like, attempted to write that after the 2016 election, you'd be like, okay, you fucking hack, like, we get it. <laughs> like, it's cheap and schlocky, we understand. And it's, like, now fully come to fruition. Yeah, th this came full circle for me this week because um, I think it was Monday I was scrolling through Twitter, you know, reading the news, scrolling through Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, and I, uh, I had been reading, like, the Donald Trump tweets, just, like, you know, it's got the disclaimer on it, like, you know, click here to learn more about the 2020 election because, they, you know, they're claiming that it's misinformation or whatever. And then I got to a Joe Biden tweet and it was like, I just want everyone to know that, you know, I'm just here to work for all Americans. And I read like half of it. and I just kept scrolling. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. Now I remember what it's like to read boring news from the president. And I just kept scrolling right past it when Donald Trump has me on the edge of my fucking seat. Um, I just sent you guys a text message. If you guys could uh, locate your cellular device really quick. I was, okay. help I was helping a student with a test this week um, for a elections and voting. Um, you know, we, we talked about their thematic units and they had they just wrapped up conspiracy theories. <laughs> so this one was about elections. And it says the 19th Amendment gave this group of people the right to vote in 1920. And it, and it lists the most, um, you know, marginalized groups in america first is american indians second is african americans third is women and fourth is italian americans hey i'm trying to vote here oh i wish the kid had selected italian americans <laughs> i was trying to goad him into choosing it just for the comedy but nah he got it right actually no i think he got it wrong no yeah, he, he got, got it wrong, wrong. no he got it wrong <laughs> he confused it with the 13th amendment but it, it he was in the right direction. Uh, so funny! Oh, my God, that's too good. Um. Well, before we get too far away from golf, I know that we just briefly spun into electoral politics, but um, Zach, would you like to stake your claim for thermoses? Because I feel like this is awfully uh presumptive of you to be the thermos coffee guy wow <clears throat> yeah so i was in costco a couple weeks ago and i noticed that they're now selling the stanley thermos 
you know, the famous retro one, but they're selling like a newer version of it. And uh, I, I bought one and I'm now a thermos guy. So when I drove to, when I drove to North Carolina, I mean, excuse me, when I drove through Tennessee into Virginia and voted and drove to North Carolina and voted again, um, I made sure that I had uh, hot coffee as I was going along. And, you know, there's, it, with, with, it, with it being COVID, I don't want to go in and out of gas stations because I'm a big time gas station coffee guy. Ew. Uh, I wanted to have my own. Oh, it's it's the best. Oh you don't like God. you don't like pilot coffee. Uh, I just get like the <laughs> flying J, like the black Starbucks in a can. Oh, get out of here! Cold. The be- the best, I don't do hot. Best. Well, I mean, I believe if we want to touch back on some Trump rallies, I think he said that Joe Biden's going to make us all drink Starbucks coffee. Uh, that was Tucker Carlson. Uh, it was Tucker Carlson. Yeah, close enough. But one of his proxies. Um, that one of his proxies, but yeah, I'm a big thermos guy now. So when I go on car trips, I'm going to be a a, a a thermos coffee guy, and I loved it. I, I made a huge pot, huge pot of coffee, and I just drank that the entire way. And this is also a bit of a callback to I think episode two when we talked about Hubie Halloween. One of his gags was that he had a thermos that could do like a million different <laughs> things. And it's Toilet, like, have you watched Hubie Halloween yet? Oh, yeah. of course. I know exactly what you're talking about. Can't you yeah, tell yeah, by yeah, the expression sure. of my face? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, you're you're very <laughs> you're very you're very happy to hear about the thermos. Um, but it's like one of those things where uh, things you joke about become habit <laughs> after a while. And yeah, I joked about the thermos, and then I ended up becoming a thermos guy, which I don't um, hate. Is a thermos is that the brand name or is that the name of the object? It's a really good question. It's a brand uh, I name. Deferred our marketing expert. Yeah, Thermos is in fact a brand name. Mm. Um, because what is if actual... you're an original Thermos guy like <clears throat> me, with one of the original Stanley, uh, they're called the Aladdin Stanleys or Stanley Aladdins. Rather. Ooh, what are those stickers on there? Yeah, hold that up for the viewers yeah. at home. Yeah, see, is that okay, Roberto so... Clemente? Uh, no, it's Doc Ellis. Okay, so uh, we're definitely sh- a drug guy. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> Doc. Drug guy. It's uh, Doc Ellis uh, featured in the Steal Your Face Grateful Dead logo. We've also got Macho Man Randy Savage in the <clears throat> Grateful Dead logo. Okay, uh, and I'm not a racist. Got uh, Revolution Brewing. Got Napoleon. Mm. And uh, I've got Discover the Wonders of Nature Grateful Dead Mountain sticker. Since wow, when did you become dude. such a deadhead? Do you uh, like for psychedelic drugs? Now. Wow. Okay. Cool. You're going to go move to Oregon where all drugs are legal now? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's definitely what the law says in Oregon, and that all drugs are legal, and it's cool to do them all the time, especially when flying a plane or oh, pitching wow. a baseball game. We're full <laughs> uh yeah, dude right now. Uh Yeah, dude. Definitely. Shout out. Shout uh, out to Kings. Set. Shout Seat out to belts. Kings. Seatbelts. Um, yeah, you guys can have thermoses. This is the only one that I need, which was a, a present from my it, my name is spelled wrong, but um, from our sweet <laughs> prince Zach. I like to use mine when I need to carry it in a backpack because I don't trust the seal on the Yetis if I'm going to put it into a bag full of liquid. It does, the seal doesn't really work that well. I don't think it's for transportation. It's mostly for in the house. Yeah, I'm a big in the house guy with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely replace Tervis tumblers in my opinion. Yes, even though you've got both on deck right now. 
What is uh, the next? Oh, that's what we should do is we should invent the next cool thing that people put their beverages in because we're going to make a million dollars. So what's after the... Oh, I love this idea. Let's Yeti, go. Brainstorming was, session. I feel like Yeti was like last year it was huge and now we're like ready to jump to the next thing. Is it... Last, oh, last year was Hydro Flask, by the way. It was oh, Yeti. okay. Sorry. Oh, Yeti, was like, Yeti was like total frat move from like 2014. Oh, wow. Okay. Thanks for sh- drink shaming me. Fuck. Yeah, no problem. Um, all right, guys. I got to figure it out. It is um, mailing people 24 cups in the mail for $150. <laughs> I love this idea. It's giant steins. Ooh, like, oh, glass. yes. Let's bring back out yet. Glass. <laughs> <laughs> like, very durable. I mean, sure, it doesn't have a lid, but no plastic elements. Like highly biodegradable. No. I think I think we bring back the leather sack that you drink Ooh, out of, like wine skin. I'm trying. Oh ooh, yeah. Oh. Um, oh. But, but they're they're vegan. They're vegan wine skin. <laughs> oh, so so what are they made out of? Fruit well, leather. I'm, I'm thinking about <laughs> the only acceptable use of fruit leather. No, I'm thinking they would be. Um, it, they'd look like uh, you know the scene in uh, it's I think it's at the end of. Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, when Sam tries to drink some water. It's like one of those. It's like one of those things. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it looks like uh, bagpipes, but it's got a little nozzle on it instead of a horn. Well, it's definitely like we got to use like a cork attached to like a like a burlap string or something. Dude, we're going to be killing it at Ren Fair with those. This is like a... it. Yeah, then uh, it'll be like the next great uh, festival accessory. Yeah, wear it to Coachella. Perfect. That's how we'll start when Coachella's a thing again. Drink your drink your 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 ninety eight degree red wine <laughs> out of this gourd. Um, this is tangentially related, but um, I I we talked a little Bachelorette last week. I'm thinking maybe we could do like a um like some people sell like event party packs. And we sell something that's intended for two people to watch The Bachelorette together. Like so maybe idea. it's like a vacuum sealed basic bitch charcuterie board with some nuts and some cheese and some meat and then some fruit. And then you've got wine in a can. I'm drinking rose ale. Let's do it. And then you've, yeah, rose in a can, champagne in a can. I don't know if you can put it in a can, but yeah. put a shitload of bubbles in it, put it in a can. Uh, and then maybe like one rose <laughs> and then like 24 plastic cups with the master's logo on it <laughs> sell for $75. Sell it for $225. A 55 gallon drum of personal lubricant. Yes. <laughs> In one low T erectile dysfunction tablet. <laughs> Some one Roman swipes. solitary blue chew. One blue chew and one Roman swipe. <laughs> and one pair of edible underpants. Maybe it's $300. Well, the 55-gallon drum of personal lubricant already pushes this into, the, like, the 1500 range. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite Amazon listing of all time. Maybe one day we should go back and read the reviews on that. The because, reviews are excellent. Because uh, I absolutely love that. Um, <laughs> but speaking of beverages, and speaking of alcoholic beverages, yes, I have a... Uh, press release for us. A dramatic reading of a press release. Red Lobster and PepsiCo kick off new relationship with the Dew Garita. 
the first official Mountain Dew cocktail. Catch the perfect companion to Cheddar Bay Biscuits along a new beverage lineup featuring a wide range of PepsiCo products at Red Lobster restaurants starting this fall. So this comes uh, Dateline out of, you guessed it, NBC. Orlando, Florida, (laughs) September 15th, 2020. Red Lobster and PepsiCo Inc. are teaming up to create exciting new ways to enjoy great seafood along with the great taste and variety of PepsiCo products. The duo will leverage their iconic food and beverage brands to create a variety of craveable new menu items, starting with the Dugarita the first Ooh. official Mountain Dew cocktail. Fellas, how are we feeling about the first official Mountain Dew cocktail? In, in Have either of you experimented with Mountain Dew and alcohol before? Yes, yeah, Baja, it's Baja Blast, Badger Blast and vodka. That, yeah, was that, a, uh, that was a freshman, sophomore year of college sort of thing. That's what's concerning me because I love Mountain Dew and all its variety of colors from green to light green to teal to red to black to white, white. to blue, orange, to purple to orange, game fuel, <laughs> yellow. Um, and I don't want it to be tainted with a terrible, it just, I just feel like it's going to be bad. Well, what if I told you that the Dew Garita featured a rim of chili lime salt. I'm slowly creeping more towards being in. Luke, you're just selling me even harder. I, there's a red lobster like five minutes away from our place right now. Well, can you only the, get this at a red lobster? You can only get it at a red lobster. Because oh. the Dugarita pairs perfectly with red lobster's iconic Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Made using a top secret <laughs> recipe in which throughout this entire press release, they do not mention what liquor is featured in the Dugarita, but I have to assume it's tequila. Everclear. <laughs> that might actually be better than tequila. Grain <laughs> alcohol. Luke, I have a question about the Cheddar Bay biscuits. Yes. Is this a, is this a brand saying Bay thing? Are they Cheddar B-A-E no. biscuits? Or... Boo. They, they Miss, we be. missed a mark. We missed a marketing. Marketing that would be idea like right if Red Lobster did the dumb shit that Wendy's does on Twitter, where it's like, mm, Frosty Bay, dip the fries in the Frosty. Ever heard of it? Yes, please stop pretending to be a person, Wendy's. <laughs> I think that's a disgusting combination, by the way. I'm going to go out on a limb there. Yes. Um, but the refreshingly fun cocktail will begin rolling out to select Red Lobster restaurants in September and will be available nationwide by the end of 2020. The Wait, Red this Lobster... past September? Yeah. <gasps> September 2020. Let's go. The Red Lobster and PepsiCo innovation teams are also working together to leverage iconic PepsiCo brands across the Frito-Lay and Quaker range of products to co-create tasty menu items. Mmm, Pepsi Boiled Lobster. My favorite. <laughs> Because that's what the Quakers are known for, alcohol. <laughs> We're going to get Doritos Locos Shrimp Festival at Red Lobster here coming up pretty soon. <laughs> or like Gatorade Bay Biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is uh this is upsetting to me i feel like it's like the the most like ugly stepchild to the baja blast agreement with taco bell this is not appealing to me at all because is mountain dew even remotely lime flavored uh mountain dew is, is it cit- citrus lime citrus I th- yeah i think it's like orange concentrate as well which is why it's good for any balanced breakfast <laughs> the beverage that was named after Hilljack's drinking moonshine is most appealing to our uh, Tennessee host. Coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> Just connecting dots, boys. Um, um, well, before you shit on it, I would like to let you know that Red Lobster and PepsiCo also share a common passion for sustainability, aiming to create a more environmentally friendly experience for guests by putting Mountain Dew in more things. Both companies are partners with the Ocean Conservancy and Trash Free Seas Alliance. The relationship will leverage the goals of both companies to incorporate more sustainable packaging at Red Lobster. All the packaging. Okay. We'll stop making the plates out of like deionized uranium or something. Baby teeth. Yeah. Have you guys distribution techniques in the future? Sorry. Have you guys no, have you guys eaten at a red lobster before? Because I never have. Yeah. It's been decades. It has been since like college. It was like a treat that we would go in college. Really? We went to the Olive Garden as a treat in college. Yeah. State school. State school. I mean, I also went to a state school. No, you didn't. A, well, it didn't have state in the name, but I went yeah, so it doesn't to count, state bitch. University. Shout out Indiana State Sycamores, baby. Sickum. Okay, fine. Uh, Bloomington, I don't think had an Olive Garden. We had a Fazoli's. Oh, we had a Fazoli's like, too. Oh, man. Drive-through Italian food. <laughs> oh, 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 this tastes like shit. Get the drive-through gabagool. Oh, I got diarrhea so bad. <laughs> they, I wish they served Capicola at Pizzoli's. It, it was like, like if they served Italian deli sandwiches, fine. I can live with that. But it's like, oh, no, we're going to make chicken marsala at our drive through restaurant. Like, pour that directly into a porta potty Pizzoli's <laughs> is say, I've never dog shit. Yeah, you've been never to need to go to Fazoli's. I think there's like, like two of them. One in Bloomington, Indiana, and one in Bloomington, Illinois. <laughs> why Why is like pizza the only popular Italian fast casual food? Maybe we could sell pasta in a trash bag for $3 <laughs> and people will buy it. Like, oh no, this fettuccine Alfredo has created a permanent blockage in my intestine and I need to have surgery. <laughs> um speaking of indiana university and food uh i'm hoping this will be a seamless segue into uh number 10 indiana football that's right baby my favorite player on the team wap fill yeah wap's my guy he's my favorite player also shout out to wap i know you're watching because WAP actually does watch my Instagram stories and I pimp this show on that's like the only place where I promote this show. So there's a non-zero chance that WAP might be listening to this. Uh to clarify, WAP is W H O P, not W A P. 
not to be confused with another popular WAP that's going around right now. Um, yep. Although I don't know WAP's thoughts on WAP, so maybe he could get I on think the pod. He's, to I think he's down with the cause. <laughs> okay, <laughs> shout out to WAP, and he got that nickname because he loves Whoppers, correct? Yeah, his real name is his real first name is Mister. Um, <laughs> don't don't laugh. He might be listening to the show, guys. WAP, we love you. Keep catching those uh, corner routes. Um, but yeah, he used to demand that uh, his parents gave him Whoppers at the age of four when he started going to Burger King. Um, he's he's the bomb. It's like a locked and loaded uh, sponsorship deal when he uh, goes to the league next year, and like he actually will. Uh, the the Burger King smell is probably the best fast food smell. Yeah, it's yeah. the flame broiled. It's so the grill good. in the back. It's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. McDonald's smell good too, but I do think that Burger King's smell better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. McDonald's is kind of like the amalgamation of like all the sweet drinks that they're making and like the ice cream and like the French fry smell. But I feel yeah. like Burger King is just like the fr- flame broiled grill. It's just such a great smell. Yeah. Maybe they should make candles. I would light a candle that just smelled like a flame broiled grill, and then it would make me want to go to Burger King. I guarantee oh, you that marketing. somebody's come up with that. I feel yeah. like they do that every April 1st or whatever, but I feel like they've come out with a candle before. It, it's not the worst idea. Would you get a they, Subway candle? I, oh, um, God. No. I worked in a building and at a desk that was 20 feet from a Subway, so that smell haunts me to this day, but... <laughs> I used to enjoy like when they would make cookies, like the Subway cookie smell is good. Mm. The Subway white macadamia nut cookie is elite. 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 You heard it here first. Um, I'm trying to think of what else smells good, and I'm just going to use like how they smell in an airport as my guide. Do Panda Expresses mm. smell good? It's been no. years since I've been on the Panda Express. No. I've been in the last month, and it didn't smell great. A Hudson News? Does that smell good? Mm, smells like $6 gum. <laughs> and a $9 Dasani. I once I once didn't have a chapstick with me, and I went into a Hudson News, and I pulled it off, and I was going to buy one. And even the cashier was like, she pointed, she turned around, it's like $4. She's like, are you sure you want to buy this? And I was like, yes, I don't have chapstick with me. I have to buy it here. I do not have a choice. And I'm also going to pay $16 for Golf Digest. Um, Speaking of college football, you guys saw I have got a couple topics listed here. Would you like me to go from my spiciest college football take or my least spicy to help get you ready for? Spice, spice, then least. Okay. Um, Did you guys watch the Notre Dame-Clemson game? I did. Okay. Um, Did you notice... I had never knew this person existed until Saturday, so apologies. Do you know Jack Collinsworth? Yeah, it's uh, Chris's son. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, this this didn't even register to me until it was pointed out. How insane is it that Chris Collinsworth is C-R-I-S, and he named his fucking kid Jack, J-A-C? <clears throat> As somebody who gets confused, I have a Z-A-C-H with a Z-A-C or a Z-A-K. I, I I agree. I agree with this take. This is a spicy take because you can't. You gotta like you. You can't have both people shortcutting. You gotta you gotta commit. 
It could be a two-path. Like, I feel like CRIS should be reserved for women who are named like Christine or something and want to go by Chris, but don't want to be confused for a man when they just see the name Chris written out. Or yeah. KRIS too. Like or KRIS. Or Chris Christoph. Bryant. Or Chris, Br- oh shit. Chris is Carter it- is a CRIS as well, I think. I'm almost positive. So to, for him to be like deprived of the letter H and be like, you know what, son, I'm going to fucking take this K from you, bitch. You're just J-A-C. I, I, cause I like, I like Chris Middleton. He even puts the H in there. He's, he's uh, K-Hris. 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 Yeah. He's, uh, he's nice enough to, to let us know that when you see Chris Middleton, you don't have to confuse him with like a, you know, like a WNBA player or something like that. You know, he's an NBA player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that really just ignited the flames yesterday, and then watching Notre Dame win a primetime game also didn't help. So, um, that was my spiciest. Um, did you guys? Does, does Clemson even like lose rank for that because they didn't have Trevor Lawrence and Notre Dame is like top four? Notre Dame went to two, Alabama's one, but I don't know how far Clemson fell down. I think they're like six. That's insane that they would fall that far. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, what, what did you think of that game? I felt like Notre Dame's offensive line just bully-balled the shit out of that. It looked like a very different Clemson defense from last year to this year. I was surprised at how well like both lines played for Notre Dame. Like they were they were getting in the backfield. I can't I can't remember the name of the quarterback for Clemson. Um, DJ they, and I cannot say his name. Yeah, that's yeah. But they showed I, his I dad a hundred times in the stands, who was an absolute fucking unit. That is a large D- DJU. DJU, yeah, DJ, yeah, DJ, DJU. Um, they were in the backfield like the entire game, and I thought that was I thought that was pretty impressive because even if you're the number one team in the country, like Clemson, like you have to have a good offensive line. Yeah, well, I guess no good linemen have gone to Michigan lately. None of them have gone to Michigan State. They're definitely not going to Illinois. So all the ones in, like, the general area are either going to Notre Dame or Indiana. University. Indiana has had a bunch of good um, offensive lines recently. Um, Shout out. Shout out, Jason Spriggs. Yeah. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. Get out of here. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Dude, uh, Toya, Toya, what was your what was your uh, what was your uh, take on the kids rushing the field? That was the first. Uh, I was watching it with a Notre Dame alum, and that was the first comment was, "Oh, they're not social distancing. Oh, this is not good." <laughs> and it's funny because this whole thing unraveled because the president sent this like, you know, message to the university like, "Hey guys, like we got we're all in this together. Wear your masks, spread out." And then that same week, the president of Notre Dame went to Amy Comey Barrett's inauguration or whatever like party at the white house yeah, as, super as the official, spreader event exactly yeah. super spreader event and then he ends up getting it at the event after being photographed being at the event without a mask on not socially distanced so it's just so so funny that that he ended up getting it and having to like write this half-assed apology and like disappointing the the school or whatever so the kids i mean you beat the number one team at home like I don't know, fellas. Like, if we're both there, we're probably pissed drunk. We're all storming the field too. Oh, right? I'm storming the field too. And maybe I, I have yeah, a mask on, but I, I'll storm the field. I'll probably, I'd probably have my mask on too. But I, I don't. I feel like there's a lot of people who are like poo-pooing the kids for it, and like, dude, it's you know they're 19 and 20 and 20 year old, 21 year old kids. There's I mean, like literally nothing that felt. you're going to do yeah. to stop them. There's nothing. Yeah. I mean, we felt invincible at that age. Except now, I think. 
the governor of Indiana just put out a mandate that they're like restricting people more because Indiana's like popping off in terms of COVID. Oh, um, yeah. So I think this is Indiana's first great year of football so that they have to. <laughs> well, no, I think that like the stadium at Notre Dame was way more full than the big 10 stadiums. Cause the big 10 was just like 2000 people every game. That's it. Like no more, no less all friends and family of uh, players and coaches and staff. What do you think would have been the, the bare minimum number of people where it's like, oh, we're still going to storm the field, but once they get out there, they're like, oh, shit, this is kind of weird. Probably 2,000. <laughs> because like, you, like it's the selection of people who are going to storm the field, right? Because it's not everybody. Like, Grandpa Jiminy isn't getting up like out of the 60th row and going down and storming the field. Toilet, 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 think of it this way in college basketball with like much smaller crowds, those are usually what like five to 6,000 students usually at a game. So I would say it's gotta be even less than that. So like two, two to 3,000 would probably be the amount to where it'd be pathetic enough where if you jumped on the field, <laughs> yay, everybody. It yay, just looks like we... the press scrum after a normal NFL game. <laughs> That's what would have been funnier. The it's on the field. They all ran out there and they all spread out and they just solo rioted. So you got to see everyone <laughs> in isolation rioting six feet apart. <laughs> everybody just like spinning around with their arms held out. <laughs> One guy attempting to take down the goalpost. I've got it, guys. I've got it. Uh, another one of my spicy thoughts from this weekend was, this is going to be great for all of our viewers at home, but anyone who uh, watched the Texas-West Virginia game, uh, mm -hmm. one of the referees helped up uh, Sam Ellinger, Chunk King, off of uh, the ground after getting sacked. He's not chunky, is he? He's got just a dank booty, so much so that the referee had to pat his ass not once, not twice, not thrice, but he basically gave him like a credit card swipe with his index finger. This guy <laughs> patted his ass so many times. Like immediately I'm betting on Texas in that exact moment. Like the referee is helping him off the ground and then patting him on the butt 400 times. Like we've seen that happen to Aaron Rodgers playing the bears pretty much any time the game was uh. meaningful. And at that exact moment, that's when I know the bears are going to lose. Because the referees are in bed with Aaron Rodgers. The referees are in bed with these high-profile quarterbacks, and they're trying to protect them, and they love points, and they love ratings, and love being on screen, patting asses, and it's driving me nuts because the quarterback for the Chicago Bears will always be terrible, and we're never going to get that special treatment. And that, that, was was talking ass padding. that was talking ass padding. That was talking ass padding. No, I watched a, I watched like a Joey Crawford best of one time toilet. Oh. And like he was, he like hams it up so much with other, with other star players. So like, I, I understand. I mean, if I saw that, I'd be like, great. Spurs are definitely winning tonight. Cause Joey's, you know, basically like, well, I don't want to be too graphic, but Joey, Joey's out there with Manu having a great time. Yeah, it, it, I mean, in the era of live betting now, it's good that at least we've got those tells now that we've learned over time, and now we can actually yes. capitalize on them. Also, if you're Ellinger, how it was five times, right? It was a lot. How many times is it before you turn around and be like, you all right back there? It's probably three. I feel like tap-tap is like normal. Three is like tap-tap-tap, like what? 
And then after that, it's like, dude. Is it drumline going on? Is referee Nick Cannon? Do we need to ask the elements of provocation given Texas were wearing the white bottoms? (laughs) Uh, As our preeminent expert on locker room behavior, I mean, how many times is enough where it's just, yeah, hey, it's football. um, Get back in there, Tiger. I'm a big helmet and shoulder pad and then back of the um, the back plate of the shoulder pad tap guy. That's that's where I go. Like head, if like someone's like really great, like and then like if it's like you fucked up, it's like shoulder. And then if it's like motivational, it's on the back. And if they come off with a head injury, it's on the head. It's right on the head, yeah. <laughs> Hello? Hello? You grab him by the face mask. Are you in there? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm wa- I'm watching this. Okay, ref. One, two, three, four. Oh my gosh, he like goes across. He's like patting him on his left cheek a couple of times. Like one, two, three, and then the fourth one, he goes across to the right that's cheek. That's what I'm talking about. This oh man, is the that's film way study too. America needs. That's way too comfortable. <laughs> is it like his uncle or something? Like, what's going on here? Uh. Uh, my last college football thought was, I hate the number zero, guys. I just hate it. I hate it. As a kicker? No. They're allowed to – this is the first year they're allowing kids to wear the number zero, and I always think it's the number eight, but they're just doing the little belly thing and having their belly hang out. But I'm like, mm. nope, that's not eight. That's just zero. I'm only in favor if it's the kicker. I'm only in favor it's the kicker or if it's the the chonkiest defensive lineman on the team. Yeah, the nose tackle. Yeah, that is probably the only way I can get back on board with the single digits. Single digit defensive lineman is my favorite part of college football. Like they should implement it, then immediately retire it because Duntari Poe should have worn it, and that should have retired it for every college football team in the NCAA. I remember watching the Jameis FSU team with uh, Luke in my apartment and Timmy Jernigan was, I think, number like six or something on the D line. (laughs) And Luke kept joking like, that's who the Bears are going to pick. They're going to take Timmy Jernigan and he's going to be terrible. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, Indiana's kicker was wearing number 93. But he hit it from like 56 yards, oh. so I can't blame him that much. Mm. Like kickers, we agree are acceptable under 10 and 99. Yeah, under 10 and in the 90s are the best. Toilet, toilet, Luke and I've had like sort of a long-standing joke where anytime we're watching a college football game and like a kicker with 43 trots out, <laughs> you just say, "Oh man, this is there's no way he." There's no this. way it's going in. There's no way. There's no way it's going in. I think it started with the um, Cade Foster game, the kick six oh, in the iron oh, hole. Oh, 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 number 98. Oh, uh, was he? Did he really? Luke. I think out. so. Look it up. Um, fact check. Boop, 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 boop. Dual monitor. While Zach is looking that up, I think it's because. Number 43. Number 43 oh, place okay. kicker. Wow, you All called right. it. Good job. Um, I guess the reason why I feel that way and i feel like there is some statistical significance to it is because if you're the number one kicker on a team and if you're like a good kicker then you get number 99 or you get one of those zero through ten numbers 
And if you're just like some dumb shit walk on, then you're getting 43. Yeah, that is, that is a good point. So these are things that we're learning and it's like, Oh, will this kick go in? And you see the guy trot out there and he's wearing like number 43. You're like, okay, no. Like when Luke and I went to, uh, it was like not opening day, but it was like a uh, tax day, Jackie Robinson day. And we went to a Cubs game and we walked in and there's just a wind coming from Waveland straight into home plate. And Luke's <laughs> like, Oh my God, I wish I could bet the under right now <laughs> <laughs> before they fix the line. I think it started at seven. And then once they realized it was that windy, it changed it to like five and it still went yeah. under. There was also an outfield error in that game, and we were sitting in the bleachers. That was just the best. The absolute highlight was heckling the center fielder to the point where he made an error. <laughs> uh, shout out to Ketel Marte. I know you're listening, buddy. We know you're listening. That, that'd be a, fun, be a fun stat to keep track of, like, like uh, bleacher-forced errors. Yes. Oh, that'd that's a great like, one. Fan, fan best home field errors. advantage in football and, and baseball. Okay, there's a way we could do it. We could probably figure this out. We could probably watch, like, Okay, you take, um, you know, 1920s through the 60s. Luke, you take this 70s through the 90s, and I'll take the 2000s. We're going to watch every single Wrigley Field home game and figure out how many errors were forced by the bleacher bums. Got it. Thanks for giving me the stickball error when they're all in the sunlight. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And when, in fact, you can't watch those games because there wasn't a, a watch device. That's so fine. So enjoy those recordings. Yeah, and enjoy. we're live here at Wrigley Field, sponsored by Bugle Tobacco. Bugle Tobacco, the number one doctor-recommended tobacco for your little girl. <laughs> Tastes like tobacco for a lady. This just in, pink lemonade. It's lemonade, but it's pink. It definitely is not the same flavor. It tastes different. Come on down and get it. Enjoy it with your chicken salad sandwich. <laughs> and it turns out the Huns have invaded Poland. That's right. And the Cubs currently trail the Brooklyn Dodgers 12 to 1. Um, uh, go ahead. Uh, oh, I was going to say, uh, let's take a ahead. quick break and um, we'll come back because I do have an old timey baseball subject that I'd like to touch on. Oh, I know what's coming. A toy toy. Hello. Why isn't my wireless mouse working? Take the Lake Charles, I win $100. What is the difference between a hoagie and a grinder? Uh, I think it's where you find yourself in the U.S., right? And a hoagie in Kansas and a grinder is in New York. A submarine sandwich, also known as a sub hoagie hero or grinder, is a type of sandwich made from cylindrical bread roll split lengthwise and filled with meats, cheeses, vegetables, and condiments. It has many different names. Are you talking about a grinder? Yeah, what makes something a grinder specifically? I think that it's made in Philadelphia. Okay. So it's got melted cheese on it? Uh... No, I think it's just the same thing as a hoagie or a sub. Why do you ask? I'm just I'm talking to uh, the girl that I've been seeing about it. She said she got a grinder for dinner, and I said, what's the difference between a hoagie, a grinder, a sub, and a hero? A po' boy. A po' boy. A po' boy has fried meat on it, maybe. 
sorry about that. I had a like kind of a cheap glass of rosé and that just, you know, how it dries out your mouth instantaneously. Yes, maybe. No. No idea. Uh, that's some good shit. And we're back. Um I'm going to take us deep into the annals of baseball history. And I, I want to tell the story of a pitcher. And I, I feel like his tale is notable for a few reasons. Um, one, because, I mean, they certainly don't make them like they used to. Um, this was definitely in an era where it was the norm for pitchers to go the distance um, quite often. Um, but it kind of goes back into baseball and shows the relative amateurism of baseball, even when it was one of the highest profile professional sports in the U S like this was the point where like the only like famous and rich athletes were boxers who would get the shit beaten out of them on radio. Um, also talk about a bad radio sport with boxing. I feel like you lose quite a bit of the entertainment value. Um, but I want to tell the story of Raymond Caldwell, um, born April 26th, 1888. So he is a Taurus. Um, I'm a Pisces. She's a Taurus. Said she spent some well, could afford it. Um, he is a Taurus. Um, first notably, um, he was one of 20 pitchers who were grandfathered in when the spitball was outlawed. So like <laughs> R.A. Dickey, um, who's a knuckleball pitcher, Mr. Caldwell was primarily a spitball pitcher. Just an incredible uh, niche to carve out for yourself. Definitely not COVID-friendly, the spitball. Uh, no, probably not. Probably one of the least COVID-friendly things that you could do. <laughs> Could you imagine today's day and age where the balls replaced like every seven pitches, how much spit you'd actually have to like so much spit to, to, to manufacture and get on the ball, be able to actually have the, the, the rotational effect. Or imagine if you're a spitball pitcher in uh, let's say, Oh, give or take 1916, how much tobacco you're chewing and spitting <laughs> on the ball. Yeah, that thing is like, you know, after a dog gets done with a tennis ball, but it's just covered in red man. <laughs> hey, Horace, let me get your spittoon. <laughs> nope, don't need it. Just spits into his glove. His glove is just a pool of saliva. Um, what, but... what, about, what about if you're a, a, an infielder, like fielding a ground ball? When you get when you get that, you're gonna be like, "The fuck, Ray! <laughs> this is disgusting." <laughs> like when it gets stuck in the, um, you know, in the heel of the glove, and you're like, "Come on, let me get the ball!" And it's just <laughs> cemented to the inside of your glove. Just, just Tony Rizzo just catching one, and it's just like, it just like like when the impact of the ball into his mitt, it just like shoots it out of like the holes, you know, like the little crevices. When between the leather, just push, blast him in the face. Every play would be like the plays where John Lester would take off his glove and toss it to Anthony Rizzo <laughs> with, with the ball still in the pocket of the glove. <laughs> um, 
Mr. Caldwell began playing uh, in the Ohio Pennsylvania League in 1910 uh, with the McKeesport Baseball Tubers. <laughs> tubers. Shout out Tubers. Tubin. I don't know if that is supposed to be some kind of uh, manufacturing tubing, given that this is uh, a manufacturing hub of Pennsylvania in uh, the 1910s, or if it's supposed to be some kind of potato reference, but I feel like this is as good a time as any to uh, wish a fond retirement to Jeffrey Tubin as he seeks uh, greener pastures um, since he's been fired from the New Yorker and CNN. Uh, hang in there, Jeff. How long in between incident and firing did they uh, afford this guy? Uh, I don't know. When did we talk about it? Four weeks ago? Yeah. So was that just to clean out his desk or just to make it seem like that wasn't why he was fired or? I feel like it's to give the impression of like a formal inquiry. Mm, Okay. Have you guys ever been fired before? No, can't say that I have. Dark on wood, can't say I ever have. I got fired once. From Oberweiss? No, bleep that out. <laughs> uh, We've already mentioned that. <laughs> we mentioned we mentioned uh, one Jim, of the Jim owners. Oberweiss. Yeah, G- Jim and Joe Joberweiss. <laughs> tool bags. Joberweiss. Um, both unsuccessful at running for local office losers. Um, I got fired from the uh, children's gymnasium I worked at. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because I don't really, I don't Killed really in action. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> um, I don't remember exactly why I got fired. Um, which means I probably missed a shift or I like called in sick accidentally mm. or on purpose. <laughs> mm. Um, but yeah, I got fired from that job and I, I was, it was like the best call I've ever gotten in my life. It was like 30 seconds and I was like, Hey, and they're like, Hey, yeah, you're fired. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Do I have to give the shirt back? They're like, no. I'm like, awesome. Later. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to go work for the New York Times. See ya. Hell yeah. Um, so he was there with the Tubins. Um, he kind of had a journeyman start to his career before he like really got into it. Um, he offered to pitch for the Buffalo Buffets of the Federal League. But uh, eventually he found purchase with the New York Highlanders, which eventually became the New York Yankees, um, where he pitched um, from 1910 to 1918. But his career, for whatever reason, didn't really take off until the second to last year in 1919, where um, not only did he have his first no-hitter of his career, but eight and two thirds innings into a game. He was struck by lightning (laughs) rendered unconscious and he refused to leave the game so that he pitched the final out and got the win. That's awesome. Is is this even possible? (laughs) Well, I guess it is possible, but like, could it even like, could it possibly happen in this day and age? I bet Kim Jong Un could do it. I mean, if, if his man, if his manager is Kevin Cash, he would have been pulled no matter what. And Dusty Baker, 
Like, okay, you're only 140 <laughs> pitches in. Dusty would, Dusty, yeah, Dusty would have looked at the pitch count before he looked at his consciousness. <laughs> oh, you're only at 112 pitches? Oh, get back out there. You're good to go. Um, and then he won the World Series in 1920. But uh, baseball money back in the 1920s, unless you were Babe Ruth, really wasn't um, exactly great. So um, after he left the MLB, he was a hard drinker, though he managed to live to the ripe old age of 78. And uh, he worked as a uh, telegrapher in a train station and a bartender in the local hunting club where his fourth wife was a cook. So uh, Ray was going through wives faster than he was going through baseball teams. Um, But I, I just wanted to give a special shout out to Ray for, you know, being an absolute stalwart of Rust Belt grit by managing to stay in the game after getting hit by lightning. That's true grit, baby. That's what the Midwest is made of. Um, yeah, I don't have uh, any more Ray Caldwell thoughts uh, thoughts other than that seems like only the second best thing to happen to Italian-Americans in 1920. He wasn't Italian. What makes you say that? His name's Ray. Ray Caldwell? Yeah. Uh, Baba Boy. He was oh, born his, in the now... Was, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, his nickname was Slim. That's a good 1920s. Oh, yeah. Oh, Slim Caldwell appears to hey. have been struck by lightning on the field. His pitch count is only at 180, so Dustavis Baker... <laughs> you probably wouldn't be managing a team in this day and age, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Dusty Baker. <laughs> Dusty Baker has the only complete sentence name in uh, MLB. Um, maybe uh, Mike Trout. Uh, Mike Trout. <laughs> no, I don't think either of those are. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna set toilet. You're gonna send me on a on a rabbit hole down a rabbit hole now. <laughs> Do some research, Brad Cumbest. <laughs> That's a complete sentence. Okay, Dusty Baker is an adjective and a noun, and there isn't an implied verb. That's a Dusty Baker. Okay, well, that sentence includes is, which is the verb in that <laughs> sentence. Who is that covered in flour over there? Dusty Baker. <laughs> complete sentence. <laughs> nope. I, no. I don't think so. Tommy Listella. Hey, Tommy of the Stella. <laughs> this is great. The the boys actively research baseballreference.com. <laughs> Ray Caldwell is a member of the Oh man, this is one of those Long Island names I don't think I can pronounce right. Chautauqua Sports Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, that's uh one of those East Coast Native American names that Hopog. Um, Shane Bieber. <laughs> Ray, Ray, Ray Caldwell, the alcoholic lightning rod of Major League Baseball. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe that's why he was so conductive to electricity, because he was fucking hammered out there on the mound. He's <laughs> just pickled out on the mound. <laughs> and that's why he survived, too, because he was like... Um, 
when I first <laughs> when I first started uh, playing MLB the Show. Oh, fun fact about Ray. Can I say can I say a fun fact? Yeah, he's starting the first ever game at Fenway Park. Oh, that is a fun fact. Oh, that is fun. fun. Okay, go um, MLB the Show. When I first started playing MLB the Show, um, when Dan Plezak first started saying his name, I thought he was saying Dan Glezak. Like I was like, <laughs> this guy's name is Dangly Sack. So that would be a complete sentence if that was a real baseball name. <laughs> Got him. Like if your name is even close to Glezak, don't name your son Daniel. You are setting him up to be Dangly Sack forever. <laughs> like you think he didn't get that when he was like eight years old on the playground like no my name is please okay dangly sack <laughs> whatever you say yeah i'm really glad i don't have a name where anyone tried to make fun of me for it so i can't imagine that's right toilet <laughs> um should we talk about the stupid bears what more is there to say they that game was so boring dude. okay here's here are the two things i wrote down about the chicago bears Tell me which one you'd like me to talk about first. Number one is changing the offensive formation in order to not get sacked immediately. Or can we sue Matt Nagy because we don't like him? Uh, yeah, you can sue anyone at any time. Okay, I would like to sue Matt Nagy for making my life bad. Um, are you seeking emotional damages? Yeah, I have significant emotional damages. If he could cover the amount of stress eating and drinking that I'm doing from noon to three o'clock on every Saturday or every Sunday, that would be great. Also, be- why are the Bears Vikings on Monday Night Football? Is Monday Night Football just keep getting the shittiest slate of games ever? They had the Jets this week, so I mean, it can only go up from there. I'm I'm telling you, that was not a bad game. That I'm, was actually I, an interesting game. <laughs> I'm hearing it was a dynamite game. It was a dynamite game. Joe Flacco was elite. For three and a half quarters. Is it the first game the Jets have covered all year? Fun fact, the Cowboys, it was the first game they'd covered all year. It was this uh, past weekend. Mike Tomlin has is one in ten against the spread when favored by more than ten points. Why didn't you bring that up last week? Uh you weren't here, so you wouldn't even know if I brought it up. Okay. Fake Yinzer over here. Big Ben pretending to be injured and forgetting like which knee to grab and whether to grab his head or not is just it's just perfect quintessential Big Ben. Toilet, we're playing each other this week in fantasy. Oh, everyone cares. (laughs) Everyone cares. Everyone cares. Everyone cares. (laughs) Because I know that Okay, now resuming recording now that you guys are fucking done talking about your fantasy matchup. Okay, um, okay. You have to be able to prove like monetary damages based on the emotional damage that Matt Nagy has cost you. Easy. So I would just start keeping receipts of the beers and the Taco Bell that you need to buy on Sundays in order to mitigate your anxiety. Okay, I'm so glad you brought up Taco Bell because it's going to take me away from the Chicago Bears. And I, while I'm also suing Matt Nagy, I also would like to sue a Taco Bell employee. <laughs> so Go on. Um, on Sunday, I got home late. It was a late day. I just wanted to enjoy a little bit of Taco Bell and watch 
the Saints kicked the absolute shit out of the Tom Brady Buccaneers and Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. So I got four items from the value uh, menu. I did not get the number six like I normally do. I got four items, um, and I and I uh, drove them home. And then I opened the bag to be displeased with the number of sauce packets that I was given. How many sauce packets do you think I am entitled to after ordering four items from Taco Bell? Oh, at least three times the amount of items that you bought. So what would that be? 12? I I was going to say a handful. That is exactly what I said is usually it's a gentle handful. Would you guys like to venture a guess of how many sauce packets I received? Two. I got four. (laughs) One each. One per one each. You had to dip into your backup fridge reserve of Taco Bell ser- sauce packets. It's a serious thoughts and prayers. I love. I, I, I know that feeling. I love Taco Bell sauce so much. I put it on other things other than just Taco Bell. So I didn't have any backup because I had just used it on like some chips and salsa or whatever, some Mexican <laughs> food I made that week. I had none in my reserves, and I just had four sauce packets to ration over four entire items, and I am furious what were the items uh cheesy bean and rice burrito okay yes the i think the beefy five layer burrito yeah whatever one is on the dollar menu um then there was like a new one it was like a spicy chicken wrap or something and then i got the new grilled cheese burrito which was terrible because i oh yeah i thought it was gonna be like the quesarito which is amazing but it's it is not. not. It is it's, just like it's a grease ball, dude. It's a grease ball. It's a burrito with a bunch of melted cheese on it. It was disgusting. They had to get like special paper so it wouldn't <laughs> stick to the packaging, <laughs> just so they could sell this dog shit item. Yeah, it's not a good sign. No. Yeah, dude, that thing is a colon bomb, one hundred percent. It it's got cheese on the inside. It's like a quesarito, but also with additional cheese on the outside. When they say grilled cheese, it's supposed to mimic like. A grilled cheese sandwich. It's like that, that's not what I'm looking for from you, Taco Bell. Yeah. Well, luckily, uh, it was made up to me because um, the most interesting thing about that game, well, number one, was Tom Brady getting sacked over and over again, which was orgasmic. But also the uh, Lattimore Evans rivalry, which I did not know existed until I watched. Did either of you watch the Sunday night game? I watched a little bit of it, but not a ton. Uh, well, they showed like the nice. backstory of like Marshawn Lattimore and uh, Mike Evans just getting into it um, in every Bucks Saints game, and it just was like this is just great rivalry stuff. Like, why is there not more rivalries in professional sports? Like, I want Akeem Hicks to get in Matthew Stafford's face and just puke down his throat the next time we play the Lions. Like, <laughs> I want Dominic more Sue and Aaron Rodgers. Ndamukong Sue and Jay Cutler. Like, I miss that. Like, Ndamukong Sue and everybody. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Exactly. Um, I miss that in professional sports. Just like Tom guys. Brady and Nick Foles. Like Dame Lillard and anyone who's not Dame Lillard. Like, this is what I like about sports is like guys who just do not like other guys, like specific other people. It's just great. I think it makes sports great. Totally. I 100% agree. Joe Kim Noah and LeBron James. That was I think fun. More Joe so Kim Noah and everyone in Cleveland. Teams. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Kim Noah hated LeBron James. So much. So much. Like It wasn't Carlos Boozer. It wasn't Derrick Rose. It wasn't Jimmy Butler. That was all Joe Kim Noah. Hell yeah, baby. 
Carmelo Anthony and exercise. <laughs> Joel Embiid in a proper diet. Uh... I can relate. It's okay, Joel. I can relate. Although I'm not in the end. But you're not drinking like 76 ounces of Shirley Temples every day. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, I wanted to talk about ketchup drinking. Have you guys ever been to a party and you're like the last one there because you had, like, had to work or like had to go to like a family dinner or something and someone has said, oh, hey, Zach, you got to catch up. Yes. Um, How has that gone for you? Have you ever successfully caught up? I- I've caught up. And if falling asleep is the finish line, some might say I won the race. <laughs> I feel like that's always the move of like, oh, I got to catch up. And then you just trick yourself into being like, I need to ingest alcohol as fast as I possibly can. And then you just supersede everyone else's level. And then in like an hour, you're the drunkest person at the party. Yeah, this is like the situations where it's like, yeah, I mean, like I'm a little bit behind, you know, I got here a couple hours late. So I'm just going to kick it right off. I'm going to go vodka soda. Right, we're gonna start with liquor. Double vodka soda. Double vodka soda. High life shot of Fernet. Maybe two shots of Fernet with my high life. Gross. Okay, can we can we can we detour for a second? Fernet testing. Um, you glitched out a little bit there, but you said Fernet is disgusting. I will stand yes. by Fernet until the day I die. It's uh, toilet. Toilet. Can you toilet? Can you be the the deciding vote here. Can you be, can you be the swing state? Yeah, I'd happy. I'm happy to do it. Um, let me just destroy my mailbox really quick. So no one else can tell. Um, <laughs> I think it smells like medicine and it's not the worst thing I've ever drank, but I definitely don't like seek it out or enjoy it. I will. I am a person who, if a drink is offered to me, I'm going to drink it and I'm going to, pretend to be tough but then in my head i'm like that was the worst thing i've ever done to myself in my life like you guys know my old roommate johnny b his family loves uh plum brandy which is Mm. the most disgusting thing i've ever tasted in my life but they love it so much so every time i'm like oh nostrovia like let's do it and then i'm like i want to be dead this is awful Um, so yeah, my oh. deciding vote is I don't like it, but if Luke poured it for me and handed it to me, of course I'm going to drink it. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat, but I would never actively seek it out. Exactly. Like plum brandy, like here's something to just make you just chilly out your butt. Like it's just <laughs> disgusting. Black confetti party in the toilet. Oh, There's oh, also so God. much sugar in it too. So you're not even How's getting like the, like the clean Russian vodka drunk. Like, mm, the Strovia, tonight's the night that we take Montenegro back. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like Serbian liqueur, right? Um, he is. He identifies as Serbian and Croatian. I don't know exactly where it comes from, uh, but it is, it is really gross. Serbians and the Croatians are not known to mix well. <laughs> Just he, like plum and brandy. <laughs> Just like Japanese and Scots. Uh, you guys remember the Croatian, is it the Croatian prime minister? Uh, we don't objectify women here, but some like political leader in Croatia is. Uh, yeah, that's the prime minister. She's attractive. 
Yeah. That was like a thing after the 2018 World Cup where um, she came out on the field and she was like relatively young and attractive. Yeah, it looks like uh, when you type in Prime Minister of Croatia, the first few searches are bikini, female, and then fe- female bikini. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that one. <laughs> oh, my work computer. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, yeah, there's a couple of pictures of her with like Luka Modric and Ivan Rakitic and stuff like that. Um, and she was on the field with Emmanuel Macron, too, who isn't uh, that bad looking of a guy and also a guy who I think married his own first grade teacher. So shout out to Emmanuel Macron and the French just doing it French style. Uh-huh. Jacques Collinsworth. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jacques Collinsworth. Um, like Ron marrying his Sunday school teacher in Parks and Rec. That's what Emmanuel <laughs> Macron did. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, anything else football related here we need to clean up? Luke, I see over under the college football championship game. What's that about? Uh, we've kind of really left uh, college football far behind. I was just going to say that um, it's looking more and more like we're going to play the college football championship game in March now that uh, Alabama versus LSU has been postponed. And the playoff committee already conceded that they're willing to push it back a little bit. They're going to finish all the seasons. Dude, this is amazing news. This is not bad news at all. Right? That we're going to get yeah, like fo- March Madness with March. college football? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Like, I have no faith that college basketball is actually going to, you know, start soon. So I think that it's great that – or at least be able to, you know, go to completion. So I think it's great that, you know, they're going to drag – that's what I want. It's like I want a college bowl game. I want, like, one every week so I actually watch it. Like, give me the Tax Act Bowl fucking Fresno State. Yeah, Zach, you're with me. Fresno State and, like, San Diego State on, like, February 28th. Like, give me that by itself. Give me I mean, that energy. I, I won't lie when I say there's like some like, you know, like <clears throat> withdrawal symptoms when we're getting close to the national championship game and there aren't like three bowl games during the day. Yeah, I need uh, and that would be great. Big Sunday scary. Just drag it out because when it's when you get so much in those couple weeks, which is great. But then there's always games that you miss and you don't get to bet on. You don't actually get to watch. You just see if your bet hit or didn't hit. And then it's just all gone magically. And you've got like the last few good games that they drag out, which is nice because they've got, you know, that New Year's Day and then the week after, which I think is cool that they're doing that now. But um, yeah, drag it out. Make these college athletes work year round. (laughs) It's what they're getting paid to do. They get to go to school year round. Why not play football year round? There you go. The spring game is actually just going to be the national championship game at this point. Perfect. And it's going to be one half of Texas versus the other half of Texas. If you graduate high school December and then you transfer to Alabama, can you just go be on Alabama's football team? Uh, I doubt it. What if they're playing like um, some other like regular season games in January? Um, isn't there like something that they have to do with rosters at the beginning of the season? I don't know. Also, is a true freshman going to make a that massive an impact? Isn't uh, isn't the Clemson backup that guy's a true freshman, isn't he? DJU, uh, JU. 
Yeah, I think. Yeah, he was. Just, yeah, he was a true freshman. In your fucking face, Luke. Yeah, eat it, Luke. Eat it. Yeah, well, he's not an impact player. This last week, even though they lost. I mean, he had a good week, but he's he's not going to like flip the hey, script for Clemson. You were to say right? that to his dad that he's not an impact player. He wouldn't make the cut at number ten IU, so I don't really know if he's an impact <laughs> player. He's no, he's no Penix Junior, but you know DJU's okay. Penix Junior. It's Indiana quarterback <laughs> Michael Penix. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby! I love that. Um, speaking of withdrawal symptoms, uh, NBA December twenty second. It's official. It's official, boys. Uh, we yeah, have the getting, draft. Yeah, we're get, we have the draft soon. We should do like a little draft special in one oh. of our upcoming episodes. Well, well the, we should do it the draft is next Wednesday. Is next Wednesday. All right, who are we or taking, no, boys? It... Yeah, it's next Wednesday, the 18th. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, Luke, off, off the spot. Number four, who the Bulls taking? Three, Lamella two, Ball. one. No, 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 no. Stop the count. Stop the count. <laughs> Just say no. Guys, we all know what's happening. The Bulls are going to trade back to number seven. <laughs> no, they're <laughs> not. That should just it, – it shouldn't even be the number seven pick. It should just be the Chicago Bulls every goddamn year. Um, why? Who, who do you think is going to be better than uh, Mello? Or who do you think the Bulls are going to take? The Bulls are going to take Halliburton. Ooh. Halliburton? Yeah. Oh, why? Because of uh, Iowa State? Iowa State, go back dude. To the, That's all the we Garpex do. To, That's to all Garpex we do, baby. Floyd. Uh, Hoy ball. Hoy ball. Hoy They're ball. not going to take Anthony Edwards or that French kid. or uh, I like Isaac Okoro. James Wiseman. Well, Wiseman will be gone. He's gonna yeah. probably he's probably gonna go to the uh, Warriors. Which can we yeah. talk about how dumb that is? It's so like they, dumb. just because they had one bad year where they got injury plagued. They're gonna get arguably the best pure talented guy in the draft. I would and say play him in like the perfect system where all they yeah. need is like cheap young talent right now because exactly is capped out and so, they yeah. need it and they need a big man too so he's gonna go and play right away um who who did the bulls trade for cash considerations to the warriors bell oh. yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he i mean he didn't really do much he i had, mean like, he was on the warriors so he looked like, yeah it was just funny that we got some cash considerations, and then he's on the Warriors kicking the show. Uh, Jordan Bell, yeah, Jordan, Jordan Bell. Bell, yeah, yeah. I feel like the one good game he had too. He had like twenty four points against the Bulls. <laughs> there, there are so many rumors that the Sacramento Kings are still interested in Zach Levine and might be interested in some kind of trade with us. Cool, take him. Honestly, like this is too good to be true. Like. It would be. It would just make my life if Zach Levine was not. Like, I wish him all the best, but I just do not want to watch you play basketball anymore. I'm sorry. I, I will not stand for this Zach Levine slander. I feel like you have to give Billy Donovan at least a year with this team because you've got some players who like were good Boo. and were like on the incline, and they had to play with Egghead McFuck Jim Boylan. <laughs> For two years, and he talk about a cancer to the team, Jim Boylan. Holy shit! And 
you've got Markinen and uh, Carter and Porter and Levine. If you get a like rookie point guard in there who can start, like I don't know, the team could be at least be like decent and start to get some momentum and not just be like completely broken in terms of culture. Hey, toilet. Um, kind of sounds like uh, Luke is banging the drum for Garpax to come back. I think so. I think he's just buy into Zach Levine. Yeah, I think he's completely sold. I I think we just had the two examples. I don't mean to reduce basketball to a binary system, but we had two examples. Okay, Bill. Of uh, <laughs> formulas <laughs> to be great. So you've got the Lakers, the Stars, it, and the Duds. Basically, you got you know your great players, and then just a bunch of role players around them propped up. And they're just dragging their asses through the finals. And then you've got the Miami Heat where you've got the established culture and you've got one great player. And then, I mean, Bam Adebayo is also great too. But, like, mostly you have one great player and then everyone – like, he's the leader of the team. He's driving the culture, whatever. Like, which of those two are the Bulls closer to falling in line with? And I – Number one. (laughs) Number one. (laughs) Yeah, the stars. Zach Levine is our star. Yeah. Zach Levine, Thad Young – Kobe White, Kobe White, Archie Diacono, Ch- Chandler Hutchinson. Like if you want to Felicio, Donkey. That toilet. I I agree with you. I think that they're the closest to the second path because I think their biggest thing that they need to do is just like one of these years they need to show growth going into free agency when they have some cap space, and yeah. that will be the way they like are able to like steal away a free agent. Exactly. You know? Like that's like, what you just got to show. You got to be like on the upward tick going into free. Like they've never been on the upward tick going into free agency. No, it's like, of course, nobody's ever going to want to come play. You know, exactly. We are either going to have to home grow a talent into one of those great stars. Wow. It's almost like we did that with Derek Rose and then with Jimmy Butler and they're both not on the team anymore. Um, even Joe Kim Noah, I mean, he won a defensive player of the year. Like he was good enough at least for us to be like in a top four seed. Fourth in MVP voting in 2000. Fourth in MVP voting, baby. <laughs> That's insane. It's insane. It's so Jimmy like, Butler is your father. Jimmy Butler is your father. So like, I mean, if we hit on this pick and then like Zach Levine comes off the books, like maybe we've got a guy that <laughs> actually a star and then you've got enough around him that is actually good enough to compete with a team like Miami. So yeah, that is... that's what I'm thinking. But they need to like get the uptick, and they're not going to get that uptick without volume scoring from Zach Levine or Lamelo Ball. Or they need to hit the pick. I mean, nobody's denying that they can't. That this doesn't work if they don't hit the pick. Hey, but hey, look, hey, look, look, is Zach Levine a top nine forward in the league? Top thirteen. Is he yeah. a, a, a forward? He's a guard. Yes. Where would you – how many guards would you rather have before <laughs> Zach Levine? Bill Simmons joke that just clanged off the, clanged off the rim. <laughs> no, I, we all knew that it was a Bill Simmons joke. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Like start to impersonate Rousseau? Like, yeah. look, like when I was 23 and working construction, like I knew a bunch of guys like Zach Levine, like – they would go to the bar, think they're hot shit because they're making $45,000 a year living in a $300 apartment with their friends and, like, hit on some girls 
But, like, none of them would ever do anything. Is this where we're going to do the Zach Levine thing? Are we going to talk ourselves into the Zach Levine thing again? We're making Zach Levine happen, baby. I, I cannot even talk about him anymore. He just drives me fucking nuts. We all know why uh, you don't like Zach Levine. It's because he stole your girl. He has beautiful lips. I will say that. Like, he, he has looks- gorgeous eyes, too. He's a nice-looking dude. He's very kissable, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it. (laughs) You got another uh, basketball topic on here. Chris Paul is the new Seattle. What does that mean? Um, I just feel like everybody is, everybody is like generating hope out of the possibility like that they could get Chris Paul. Like I've seen Chris Paul to so many different teams, like Chris Paul to the heat, Chris Paul to the Suns, Chris Paul to, like basically any team where their star Bulls for is, Zach Levine, where the star is not the point guard, and I feel like this is just supposed to generate false hope among like fan bases, like that they even have a shot or if they're even close, especially in Phoenix, who are like by far the most fraudulent NBA team. Yeah, did you hear that, Devin Booker? Wow, that's shots fired at Devin Booker. Yeah, Devin Booker's fraudulent. What does that mean? Like, he's a fraud good player. Like, there's that classic picture of them all in the locker room where they're all standing around Devin Booker where he's he's holding up, like, a sheet of computer paper that has 71 written on it, and they lost the game. (laughs) Is, uh, would you rather have Devin Booker or Zach Levine, and why are they the same person? Have you ever seen them in a room together? They're, they're exactly the same person. I have seen them in the same room before. Got it. Um, I'd rather have neither of them. No, I'd rather have Zach Levine because, I mean, like you said, toilet. Uh, here we at, go, Gar Packs. No, at least, the, at least the fortunes of the franchise are not tied to Zach Levine. Like, Zach Levine, you, you, he doesn't, like – become the cornerstone of the bulls for the next like five years. It has to be somebody else, but Zach Levine is the conduit to which we get there. Whereas Devin Booker, they've sold themselves in on like, this is our guy. Supermax, Never a doubt. <laughs> I, I will admit that only one of those two players has publicly humiliated Jim Boylan. So that is why I also prefer Zach Levine. <laughs> Um, Where did Zach Levine go to school? Arizona? UCLA? UCLA. Yeah, he seems like a UCLA kind of guy. Oh, wait. I wonder what what his nickname is on basketball reference. Dead cat. Mr. Kissable. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Kissable. Uh, Close. Young Hollywood. (laughs) Young Hollywood. Uh, (laughs) Send him to the fucking Lakers, man. I would take him for a bag of balls and Alex Caruso at this point. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's a superstar. That's a superstar you could build around Alex Caruso. <laughs> oh, an Italian American for Chicago, baby. Him and Archie Diacono in the backcourt. <laughs> Just be the grittiest backcourt in the NBA. <laughs> oh, really scrappy. <laughs> that that backcourt. <laughs> Lori Marketing. I think we still have Omar Ashik on the books. Kirk Heinrich <laughs> could come back too. 
<laughs> and we're coached by Billy Donovan. <laughs> Joe Kim Noah on the Bulls staff with Billy Donovan. Like, is there some place where I can bet on that? Because that is a lock in the next three years. Oh, yeah. Excellent. That's a, good, that's a good call, Luke. That's a good call. Go get Scotty Pippen's coffee. Um, Joe Kim Noah with like a comb over sitting on the bench <laughs> like a very professional haircut in his draft day suit the giant like cream colored suit and like pink bow tie yeah hell yeah uh, one could only wish uh, last basketball topic Zach would you like to talk about another point guard with a very boastful name Oh, well, this is not related to basketball, but we can we can we can dovetail. This is a tool, of the, tri- the uh, trick of the trade here. Um, yeah, so we uh, was talking with a, someone who had the last name Sexton. All right, and we'll talk about Colin Sexton, I guess, to make this basketball related. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we did like whoever, whatever guy got to lay claim to that name, like. What a boastful and like braggadocious name, right? He's just like, I'm bragging about how much sex that I have, that I'm just going to put the amount that I have at the end of sex, and that's just going to be what I'm known for (laughs) for the rest of my life. I was so confused when I saw this because I was like, oh, yeah, it means like six and not sex ton. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're over, you're uh, overvaluing my my maturity. But I... then I, but then it also got me thinking, what's like the, the low T version of that? And I guess it'd be Sussex because like afterwards it's like, oh, wow. Like he's so bad that like, it's, you know, we're good. It's, it's, it's sus sex. Oh, wow. I love this. Do you guys have an alter ego with like a, a cool last name? Mine is Chip Studwell. Yeah. Mine's Porter Schultz. Oh. Uh, I'm going to pass on this on Mike. <laughs> oh, oh, fudge. Brem's had an amazing one in college. I'm blanking on it right now. I'm so mad. Oh, come, back. You, you come back to me. Get him to call in. Yeah. P- Paul Cooper is my real fake name. Paul Cooper. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Why? If Why I don't it? feel like giving out my name to somebody, if like somebody asks for some reason, especially with strangers. Yeah. My, my, that, that's like my joke one. My, like my, for that situation, like someone's calling like, um, who am I speaking to? I go with Tony Danza. <laughs> I say Gordon's delicatessen. <laughs> yeah. You did that to me in high school and I was very confused. <laughs> Gordon's delicatessen. We have a special on potato salad. How can I help you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That was what I was thinking about today. I wish I chose that. Just that just hit me my, in the car. I wish I chose that as my pseudonym, but I guess toilet works for <laughs> to, Toilet Sexton. Toilet Sexton. That's my official last name. Toilet yes. Sexton. We just made your name. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Mm, high life does not smell good when it's anything but completely ice cold. I'm uh, not, I'm not going to podcast with Keystone Light and Kamchatka Vodka. Shout out. That is an incredibly inside joke. Uh, hi, K-Bad. We know you're listening. Hey, K-Bad. Hola. We know you're out there in uh, Belgium listening to this. <laughs> Thanks for your support, K-Bad. 
is dropping into Verdansk, looking up new tennis rackets to buy. <laughs> yes, I am in Ghent. I'm at the string store in Ghent. Uh, ooh. All right. Um, let's see. We are at an hour and 47 minutes. We want to save, we want to save that last topic for next week. A little tease to the group. No, I, think, people. Uh, I think that this is a great last topic for today. Zach, so um, it's a personal favorite of mine, and it's not it's definitely one of mine too. Any more topical as uh, this week was the 45th anniversary of this event. So, uh, do you want to lead us in? Yeah. So, for those who don't, for those who don't know, um, this past uh, November 10th was the 45th anniversary of the sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Uh, arguably, the most what would you say the, the most disastrous of maritime disasters in the midwest i would say in the post-war era it's the worst maritime disaster in the midwest there were a couple of really bad ones when we were first starting to get used to the concept of steamships oh yeah there's some yeah there's some there's like the one in the chicago river that killed a thousand people like at wacker and uh Dearborn. I feel like I read that in Devil in the White City. Um, but what got me thinking about this is one. I mean, I love the the Gordon Lightfoot song. It's just it's just a it's an American masterpiece. It is it's a, a piece, classic. It, I mean, it is a piece of it is a masterclass in folk songwriting. Absolutely, and he wrote he just wrote the song after reading an article in National Geographic, which it's is insane. crazy. He's like. I see this thing in National Geographic and like beat for beat, I'm going to write a song about what happened to this boat. And it didn't sound hokey. Like if you make a song like, like a song like that, you risk it sounding, you know, hokey or cheesy or something. And it's actually very, very well done. But what really got me thinking about this was, um, do you guys have anything in your life where you see like an image or, um, you see something on like maybe Instagram, like those people who, you know, go up to like high rises and like take pictures, like leaning over and stuff like the free climbers, like sweaty palm stuff. Yeah. Sweaty, I guess. Yeah. Sweaty palm stuff. When I see images of sunken ships, it is like the, it is like the all time sweatiest palm moment. Like I usually have to look down at my feet and make sure I'm not in when I'm looking at it. Is it like the feeling that you get when you're looking over a high bridge or a, like an observation deck or something, or does it give you the like kind of gives you the, that is? the heebie-jeebies? Definitely the heebie-jeebies. I've never really been that terrible about heights, but I think that I think that seeing like a like a sunken ship is just like the 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 visual representation of like being entombed. Are you afraid of drowning or being buried alive? Yes and yes, which I guess I guess drowning I guess not so much because I I do like to scuba dive and I I love the thrill but um I guess scuba diving inside of a inside of a shipwreck would be gnarly but anyways I think they're like the scariest pictures and the most haunting and eerie images like they sort of give me that sweaty palms moment um those images of sunken ships that is. Yeah, I, I'm definitely more the traditional, like, Russian teenagers going at the top of radio antennae and, like, sticking their Adidas over it. Yeah. 
Or the guy ripped sticking off the side of like the Sears Tower. Yeah. That's crazy. I really only get that weak in the knees when I consider the women of the Northwest suburbs. So. <laughs> um I thought you were gonna say when you see like poor line play or like another Cordero oh Patterson Jetson. Oh my god, Cordero Patterson. Oh my god. No. Oh my god. Yeah, I do look away when Cordero when Daryl has the ball for sure. That's yeah, gets sweaty palms when he sees that the Bears are uh, not using pre-snap motion. I do, and when we have got poor hand placement on the offensive and defensive line. <laughs> yeah, um, has there been any significant exploration of the Edmund Fitzgerald like there has with the Titanic? Well, they, I mean, they found it like months later. Uh, but I guess there's still there's still a lot of like speculation. They still really don't know how it went down. Like the leading theory is that the the way like you know how it was so long, right? Yeah. That like the waves are so rough that it would go down and the nose would submerge fully into the water. Like it would go fully into the water and then the buoyancy would bring it back up. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they, they think that the captain, like, was just like, okay, as long as we can keep spitting water out, like, the bilge keeps spitting enough water out, shout out maritime mm-hmm. terminology, um, that they would keep coming up. But they think that one time they went down and they find, like, they went down into the water and they finally had enough where the buoyancy didn't bring them back up and they just sank. Like, they just kept going. And then the pressure would like you know broke the the uh, windows, and then that was it. That uh, and that would explain that would explain why they never made a mayday call. So because like they they would have been underneath and they would not have been up to make a mayday call, and so they just kind of literally envision it going down. Yeah, and like, whew, on like a forty five degree angle, it's just heading for the bottom of Lake Superior. They, they didn't make a mayday call, but the captain had made a couple of radio calls where it's like they were fucked because they were listing like, they, yeah, but he they, said, he said like we were holding our own is what he said. Like they asked him if, Hey, are you in, are you in danger? And he's like, no, nah, we're holding our own. I think that they were trying to make it for, make it for some port. Uh, perhaps Whitefish, Whitefish Bay. Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the searchers all say they'd have made Whitefish Bay. They put 15 more miles behind her. Uh, that's right. Um, they were also radio blind too, if I remember correctly. Or yeah, radar there was blind. A, there was a station. Their radar went out, and then there was a. There's um, all these stations. I don't know if they do it anymore nowadays because of like GPS and stuff. But they'd have these stations all around the coast, and you could ping them almost like mm-hmm. a cell tower back in those days. And you could ping them as you went as you went around. And they said the one that they needed to get to was um, was not operational because of the because of the storm. So there's kind of like a, no pun intended, a perfect storm of things that kind of had to happen for that to, for that ship to go down. It's immortalized forever, though, and one of America's greatest uh, pieces of folk music. Also, apparently, it was like the it was the largest boat at the time, the the Queen of the Lakes, um, that was uh, uh, sailing the uh, Great Lakes at the time. Um, but apparently it was a party boat and like they would have like a bunch of women and do like shitloads of coke like when they were docked in port because like as they were loading that thing up like it would take weeks at a time it was carrying what 628 tons more than she weighed empty uh as the song goes 
26,000 tons more. I didn't think about oh, it yeah. for a second. 20, I, thought, I thought you were going to make a Vikings party boat. Joke. Oh, no. No, but it actually was a party boat. Um, shout out to the party boat lines, too. Um, but yeah, apparently, like, you know, they're longshoremen. They like to get drunk. Like, good on them. Because you don't know when there's going to be a cyclone that goes on in Lake Superior. <laughs> the gales of November come early. Although, I will say, it's like that time. For some reason, it's like like November 10th is also the anniversary of a couple of other, like I think the SS Cedarville, which is in the Straits of Mackinac, that went down. And that was like actually pretty bad. There was like 50, 60 loss of life in that one. And then there's another one that happened as well at that same weekend. So, also, so to all the listeners, do not find yourself out on the Great Lakes the week of November 10th. Yeah, not the best sailing. Also, um, when I was reading about the song, because you had texted us about this earlier, um, you know, the big lake they said never gives up her dead. I didn't realize that it was because, like, below surface level, the lake is so cold that bacterial development doesn't happen in corpses, so they never rise to the top. Oh, wow. So there's actually, like, a scientific phenomenon where the big lake never gives up her dead. Like, if you sink to the bottom of Lake Superior, it's not going to be, like, a uh, salinated ocean or something, like, or, like, even Lake Michigan, for example. It's not deep yeah. or cold enough. That's crazy. Superior, definitely. Uh, power rank your, power rank Great Lakes. Go. Oh. Erie is last. Huron, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Huron, Michigan, Superior, Ontario. Erie yeah. just doesn't belong on there. Erie is last, yeah. The only reason why I'd add Erie is because Erie is close to Pennsylvania, which is a powerhouse of football guys. Um, Pennsylvania, Ohio. I mean, I've only been to three, I think. Mm-hmm. Mackinac Island doesn't really count, does it? It's here on, bruh. Yeah, I know that's Huron. Like, that doesn't necessarily count for Superior. And I've never been to, like, the north woods of Wisconsin or, like, the north coast of the UP or whatever. You should go to Marquette, Michigan, up in the UP. Marquette, uh, shout out to Northern Michigan University. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Marquette. Oh, great hockey program. Shout out. Um, oh, shoot. Howard Schultz, Starbucks CEO, Northern Michigan grad. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be honest. I did not listen to what you guys were talking about because I did not understand what it was about. And I also came across this advertisement on my Twitter feed from TJ Watt with TJ and DJ Watt going through uh, one of their refrigerators and um, just pointing out the different dairy items that are in his refrigerator. <laughs> we're from Wisconsin. Isn't this crazy? Why does dairy need to advertise like, hey guys, remember to dairy? Just big dairy. Big dairy in our lives. Yeah. What is this targeted ad about dairy to me? Dairy Farmers of America is a co op of farmers that pool their resources for big advertising buys. Well, they were able to pay two big milk boys and. Yeah. Do you remember like Got Milk? It's the same. It's literally the same organization. Mm. It's well, this is like dairy. the other white meat 
it's what's for dinner it's conglomerations of these like smaller usually independent farmers pooling resources to sell more of their product especially if you're like dairy and you're experiencing a lull due to soy boy milk maybe we can start there and get them on board with q and anon and see if they're interested in supplying some beef how are we going to have beef and indian food (laughs) that's the whole thing that's the whole mashup is we're trying to get people to broaden their horizons here's some barbecue beef and some naan bread you're definitely gonna anger some people with that combination that's that's how we grab headlines baby Uh, cultural insensitivity hell yeah that's what's in right now peddling conspiracy theories it's so in right now dude all those things are so in all right well we're at about two hours and uh things are going to seed quickly um so until next week boys wait before we go shout out veterans oh, oh yes. yes an earnest an earnest shout out a, a tap a hit tip, tip of the cap to the cap to to chewy and other and other veterans out there we love you we love you In a musty old hall in Detroit, they prayed in the Maritime Sailors' Cathedral. The church bell chimed till it rang 29 times for each man on the Edmund Fitzgerald. The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down of the big lake they call Gitchagumi. Superior, they said, never gives up her dead when the gales of November come early.